said, give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. Everybody. This is the Fight Game Podcast. After a crazy week of watching New Japan Wrestling until 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, my buddy John LaRocca has joined me and we're going to discuss the show, we're going to discuss uh, the, the, the uh, New Year Dash, we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to watch wrestling with Dave Meltzer and all kinds of stuff. So, John, what's up? Thanks for joining me on this Sunday evening. Hey man, what's going on? Let's talk some New Japan. <laughs> um, the, uh, the the I think I have a buddy who um, he is part of the F4W Empire. He's actually he and I are one of the earliest guys to actually get on board with with Brian's website because I think I think I'm I think I actually joined Brian's website like literally two months after it it uh, it became available. So I go way back. We're talking like. 12 years now i think uh, that i've been a member of of, uh f4w and then you know of course merge now with with wrestling observer so my buddy the junior horseman uh he hit me up the other day and he was like quick question what's it like watching wrestling with big dave and i was like (laughs) yeah like i i guess i guess that is kind of wonder and and i'm sure you know, before I, I had the chance to go watch shows at his house, um, I thought I thought about that too. Like, I wonder what it's like. I I'm, I remember, gosh, this is like um, this is probably like six years ago, maybe even a little bit longer. But at one of the at one of the F4W conventions, it was at like the Sweet Party, and uh, you know, you're talking like Memorial Day uh, weekend. I think that's when we used to do it, and uh, there, was, there was like a SmackDown, so so it had to be a Thursday night. And, uh, and, you know, everyone's just at, at this little suite and, and, you know, guys are going crazy, drinking, running around, it's Vegas and Meltzer's there and he's just kind of like sitting down, right? Cause he's just, he's just kind of minding his own business and a little quiet to himself. And then he goes, Oh, can, can anybody put on SmackDown? And so we watched SmackDown, I don't know, for like a half an hour. I, I only stayed there for like a half an hour, but, um. But that was the only time that I that I'd watched wrestling with him previously. And then we can sort of fast forward to when I actually met you, um, which was at Dave's house. I don't remember what it was. Um, there was It was a WWE show, I think, because I remember, uh, I think I was in the midst of like renewing my direct TV or something. And then so I was like, you know, I was, I, I, I sent him a note and I was like, Hey Dave, you know, I think cause this was pre network. Um, I was like, Hey Dave, you know, do you, do you mind if, uh, if I drop by and, and watch, you know, the show, like it was sort of like out of the blue, like, you know, I, I, I uh-huh. knew him a little bit from, from watch, uh, from going to the convention and, and, you know, we would sit and talk and chit chat and he knew my name and he knew that I'd been a subscriber since uh, the early two thousands or the late nineties or whatever. But 
I kind of was like on a dare. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to see, you know, if, if I could, could go over. Cause I really wanted to watch a show, but I didn't want to pay the 50 bucks or whatever the pay-per-view was. And so then I knock on the door and who opens the door, but you. <laughs> and the only time uh, I had met you was through Facebook because you had invited me to your, uh, to premiere. And that was literally like yeah. the weekend before I think, um, uh, of, of going to Dave's, but how, how, uh, how soon before had you been, do you remember like how, how many times you'd, you'd been at his house watching shows before? So that must've been what? 2013. So it was like late say, 2013, right? Yeah. I would say probably late 2012. I think it was like, or maybe early. Yeah. I think it was late 2012. I'm pretty sure. So you'd been going because, over there for, for a few months. Yes, because um, what happened was I was booking APW at the time, and and he went to there's like this um, big time wrestling. It's a promotion out in New York. Had like a they had like a show and a fan convention, and APW always had a booth there. And and Meltzer came by the booth and he asked for me. He's like, oh, it's John Larocca here. And then I remember this guy Shane Mai who did like the production of APW at the time was like. Hey, Dave Meltzer's asking for you, you know? <laughs> and I was like, huh, that's weird. And then, uh, cause I didn't know how he knew that I was booking APW, but anyways, got he, his email. He, he knows everything. And, he knows everything. He finds out all the details. Yeah. Well, basically I found out like years later that it was Edward who used to go to APW, our, you know, our friend Edward, who's long time, long time friends with, uh, with Meltzer. And I remember that's how, that's how he found out. Like he's like, was telling Dave that these APW shows are pretty good. And he, and I think probably Dave asked him who the booker was. And he said, that this guy, John LaRocca. So I think that's what, how that, uh, he, he found out about me. Plus he knew me from being a subscriber, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was for a very long time. And then, um, and so I think that's how it kind of started. And he's like, even one day he's like, Oh, you should come over and watch like UFC. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And then I remember going over there and it was just, it was pretty funny and hilarious and uh, a lot of fun. I remember like we were watching, it was a USC show. I forget what it was, but what, what the main event was or anything, but um, we we're just talking about wrestling. And I think I told him about, and I was watching Japan back then too. Yeah, it was definitely 2012 because I was really getting back into new Japan then. And I was like talking about like new Japan. He like, yeah, I remember his like ears perked up like, Oh man, you watch, you like it too. And then, <laughs> so it just like, we started kind of really talking about that for a while. And I remember, I just remember that, that was one of the first like, you know, we're kind of sitting there. He's working, you know, like when we watch it with him, he's working, you know. That, yeah, yeah. That's what totally. people don't understand, too. Yeah, he, I mean, he's, and, right, he's um, writing He's writing what eventually uh, turns into part of his recap that he writes in the in the uh, Observer on, you know, the shows that he's covering. So if it's uh, like, like on Wednesday, like he's going to write about, you know, all the matches uh, at Wrestle Kingdom and he'll give their star ratings. And most of that content, I'm sure he's writing as we're watching the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's definitely right in his room watching the show, and and it's, so it's kind of like a fun, fun balance of like, you know, he's working plus hanging out with friends, and then that's why I really miss our good buddy Dave Corner, who passed away this year, who's Dave's longtime friend for going back to college, and because um, he would always crack me up because he would always like bug Dave, no matter what, <laughs> he didn't care, like. Because we kind of had the flow to, of we watch the show with him, and it's like we know when he's working, you can just tell, tell. <laughs> but like Dave Corner was like, 
Hey Dave, what about this? What, it was just so funny, like breaking Dave's concentration. I just, <laughs> I was, I was, it was entertaining part of the of the evening, you know. Yeah, it's like, it would be, it would be like, it would be like, yeah, uh, Nikki Bella, she got a boob job, huh? <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> Something ridiculous. <laughs> Something totally ridiculous. with like, you know, nothing like Scoopy or anything like that. It's just like funny stuff. Like he was just like totally. How old is that guy? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this, yeah. Uh, I miss Dave Corner, man. He was, he was a good one. He's a great guy. No, because he was there too. I think the first time I'd ever gone, like uh, it was you and 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 I, maybe Edward was even there. May have been like all four of us, and I was like, whoa! I didn't know it was like a yeah, you know, sure. a whole yeah. The next, the next time I came, the next time I came, it was uh, for a wrestling show, WWE. Most like yeah, it was WWE. And I remember like knocking on the door, and then. I, David Corner opens it up. It's <laughs> like this tall, like yeah, David Corner was like what six three. Yeah, he was six, really tall and like really, really tall, really fit, slim. Like he was a skinny guy, but he was a fit skinny guy because he was always you know doing all kinds of cardio stuff and and just, yeah. just a fit person. But he was slim and and just tall, and so he would kind of you know just you'd go oh wow like this guy's this guy's uh, pretty tall. Yeah. And, and then, I just remember like him answering the door and I was like, Oh, Hey, and then I uh, you know, introduced himself and he's really, really like welcoming. Like right off the bat, it was cool. And then Edward showed up and Edward's kind of quiet, but then like he opens up and it's hilarious. He's hilarious. Like I love Edward. He just cracks. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, 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 uh, they're all great. So anyway, so, you know, I, I, I joined the fray and, um, and you know, I think, I think, you know, what, what people, understand because if you're a wrestling fan um or an mma fan you know that it's just more fun to watch this stuff with your friends and we can all remember when we were younger as kids and like you know you'd have maybe four or five of your friends over and watching it and then as you get older it becomes like maybe one guy who wants to watch it with you so now you know it's as- funny because i'm the opposite though you oh, you like to I watch it by like- oh oh you, no, you don't have you, you don't I have had, like one friend that liked wrestling and then like he actually introduced me to it, and then once I started like really into it, like in a like month or two, he was out. <laughs> <laughs> then I had had a couple here trickle in, but like just basically me, you know, just watched it by myself until I got into wrestling, and then I met you know Tom Caster, and I met Jerry Perez, and you know so on, and then we started watching together like that, and then uh, but yeah, before that it was mostly like just me by myself and in my own head with all this stuff, so. It's cool to have friends you're watching it together with, you know. Yeah, and and so you know, and Big Dave is just like everybody else. He wants to, you know, watch it with people and get their reactions. Like a, a big part of it is he he wants to see what we think based on how he saw it. But the other part of it is like mm-hmm. just he enjoy you know he enjoys just talking about stuff that you know. Half the time we're not even really talking about what's going on during the match. Um, you know, we're talking about maybe something related or we're talking about a piece of news or we're talking about some old match that, that you saw that, you know, that you were wondering if he'd seen. And so it's stuff like that where, um, that makes it, you know, super entertaining. Cause if it was just about, and, and most of these shows are WWE shows. So if it was just about the show in of itself, like it's kind of boring, right? Like, but, but because we have a bunch of people come over and we kind of hang out and shoot the stuff, uh, it's actually, it's actually really fun. But so, 
And the most and most of it too is like we talk about our families, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all that. So it's like, it's it's not just like just particularly wrestling or fighting. It's just it's it's, it's a fun time, you know. Yeah, and, and, all the way around. And, and so, um, so uh, Junior Horseman again, you know, he he was sort of like just wondering, like, does Dave pop on the same things that everyone <laughs> pops at? And I was like, well, if you think about it, like, in order for him to be uh, covering pro wrestling for as long as he has been, he has to be a, such a big fan, and you know. Nobody can watch, you know, more content. Well, I I wouldn't say nobody because there there are people who probably watch as much stuff as he does. But um, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's just a really big fan. So the same stuff that you know that we go, oh, you know, I, the the one that I'm thinking of is uh, in the Young Bucks match with uh, Rapungi 3K that that senton to the middle of the back. <laughs> like I think all of us were just like, oh my god. And he's and he's yeah, the same nasty. and he's the same way, right? Like he's he's yelling for for that stuff. The, I think my favorite parts uh, of when he's watching a match is, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll be watching, and I'll kind of like be a little quiet because I want to see what's going on, and then he'll go whoa whoa whoa, and then he'll go like, wow, this is really good, like, and so you can tell you're like, <laughs> okay, like he's he's into it, you know, he's into it. And, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, the other thing is that some of the stuff that that he's into. Uh, not everyone else is into like you like the the style of wrestling that you prefer um, isn't necessarily uh, the stuff that that is uh, in, in 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 vogue today, and he really enjoys a lot of that stuff. So you know, yeah. so I, sometimes I'll look at you and you know Meltzer's popping for something, and you're like giving me a look like really like that like he like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool though. Everyone, it's good that everyone has their own different opinions on stuff. That's what makes it so much fun as well. Absolutely. And I think it's cool like like the group that we have and we watch shows together. It's like there's different perspectives. There's, you know, me from within the wrestling, you know, on the booking end, uh there's another Dave Dave Dutra that's there, that's a wrestler, so you yep. get his opinion. And that, and that, and that and was so it, that was so cool to to have to have uh, Dutra there for 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 Wrestle Kingdom too, is because he was tell us like specifically like the the thing that um, that stood out was when uh, during the Cody and Abushi Abushi uh, match, uh, and the, when Cody did the crossroads to the outside, I was like, oh my god! And then Dutra was like. It wasn't that bad. Like this is how he took the bump. Like it was fine. Like look at the way he landed. He turned correctly. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. Like y- you know what you're talking about. I'm gonna just agree with you because you've you've done stuff like that before. Yeah. 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 And then you know even our even our buddy Rubio, who's uh you know who's who's a little bit more quiet, but he's whenever he speaks, it's always very thoughtful because you know that he's he's like. He's not one to just blurt out stuff. Like when he speaks, it's like something he's thought very clearly through. So we have all kinds of different, you know, and I, I just, a lot of times I just say stuff just so that, you know, we we know that Meltzer's, you know, awake sometimes because sometimes sometimes it could get a little quiet. And like you, you mentioned about Dave Corner, like that was what he was good at. So sometimes I will just chime in with stuff like that I read in the Observer that I sort of know the answer to already, but I just kind of want to hear you know, Dave wax poetic again on. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Rubio's very like, I like how he is. Like he'll be, if he likes something, he's very passionate about it and sticks up for his, you know, what he likes. And yeah. 
You know, yeah. he thinks the match is good, and we're kind of like, ah, eh, that's okay. And he's like, you know, I liked it. You know, I liked it. Like, you know, we're debating the whole Cody Okada versus you know Cody and Ibushi match from Wrestle Kingdom. Like, which match of that was better? Right. And right. we all had different opinions. Like, every, everyone's across the board different. Yeah. And like Rubio was very passionate about this match with Cody and Ibushi was like his favorite of the two, and that was really cool. Like, I that's I love that kind of that kind of con- uh, conversation we have when we do when we get when we debate about stuff. I love it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's what makes it what's it's what makes it really fun and what makes us able to uh watch a, a wrestling show from uh what was it uh 11 uh, o'clock, I think is when it started all the way till five in the morning, right? That was like 6 hours of us just watching watching the show on, on the couch and and making trying not to to fall asleep. I mean, I don't think anybody was close to falling asleep because the show was pretty good, but um but yeah, like, you know, Oh, getting there. Yeah, yeah. It, I was it, getting there bet- between the matches. I was getting there. And I was like, "Oh man, I kind of want to close my eyes a little bit." <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I guess the other thing uh, when you watch it, when you watch stuff with, with Dave, is that that's kind of funny. Is uh, sometimes uh, you'll hear the phone ring in the background, and all of a sudden it's like, "Hey, Dave, it's Conan. Give me a call." Like for whatever reason. You know, I mean, I've heard I've heard other folks call, but Conan is like consistently, you know, the one. And, and, and everyone knows that Conan and Dave are, are really close friends, so I don't think I'm sharing any anything newsworthy or whatever. But uh, uh, yeah, did didn't you say that um, you saw uh, uh, Conan over at Dave's house once, or was that somebody else? No, I was supposed to. Yeah, I was invited for the uh, Canelo. That's what it was. The weather fight. And he's like, oh, come over. Conan's going to be here. But I had a family thing and I couldn't go, which, which would have been cool. It would have been cool to hang out with Conan and Meltzer talking boxing and wrestling. would have been hilarious. Yeah, that would have, so. have been great. Um, yeah, so, you know, I thought I just thought I'd open with uh, with that because I figured, you know, you know, just to, to peel back the curtain a little bit. Um, and also, you know, what I've noticed, and I'm a big um, Wrestling Observer Radio fan. I think I've probably heard every single one of the shows that Dave and Brian have done together. Even going back to the Figure Four Dailies, when Dave would just be a guest, and sometimes Brian would only have him literally for like fifteen minutes, and that would be the show. Um, and, and but you know, I, I've just been such a fan, and, and I just know you know these last probably the last year, I think um, Dave's been pretty comfortable saying like, oh yeah, you know. Uh, you know, one of my, fr- you know, one of my friends or my friends who come over and watch or, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, basically we're the people that he's talking about. Um, but the other thing is like, uh, the thing that I really liked and I actually sent this to you was, um, during, um, during the Goto and a Suzuki match, you had made a comment that it would be great if Shibata came down to ringside to help Goto just not help him win, but just sort of inspire him to, to win it, to win the match. And then Dave goes, wow, that's a great idea. And so someone on Twitter, I think it was yesterday, the day before asked Dave about, you know, should Shibata have, have shown up yesterday and Meltzer, you know, basically shouted you out without, calling you by your name and he was like one of my friends who's got a who, who who's a, a booker and is a brilliant wrestling mind like he came up with this thing and so i just think that stuff is cool because look i don't need him to 
name me. Like, it, it, like it's it's better that he keeps us sort of slightly anonymous because then you know someone may may get mad or I don't I don't I, I don't know. I like I, I'm totally fine sort of being you know when he when he does that and and look the people who listen to Wrestling Observer Radio they probably get you know. 1500 listens or whatever and, and my podcast is not going to get that much so even you know people say well you're you're unanonymizing yourself right now yeah yeah to like my friends basically who listen to this show who already know that i'm watching this at dave's but for those who you know who 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 will catch this like i just wanted to give them a little bit of like a kind of a cool behind the curtain look because it is fun watching it at dave's house and you know i think um one of the things that that is that is really I think the thing that I get out of it most is, you know, my friendship with you kind of started around that moment. And if that moment had never happened, then, you know, I would have probably still Mm -hmm. gone to the premiere shows. But you and I, you know, may not have become uh, as good of friends as we become because, you know, like like Dave said, you know, you really do have like a, a, a crazy creative and not not creative in like this this um you know out of the box way but just creatively like logical like really like this is what would work in this situation and um and so when i'm watching this stuff like i learn from listening to what you say and then i learn from like listening to what Meltzer says and even like rubio rubio's really um smart about like new japan and lucha and and stuff like he's he keeps he keeps a really close tabs on, on a lot of that stuff so you know i just sit there and you know sometimes i am just trying to talk to pop dave like you know just make jokes or whatever and get him to laugh but i am sort of just like listening and and you know i always say that you know i'm i'm always a student in that moment because you know if you you know no matter how much you keep up on the news or no matter how much you think you know about a certain subject like you can always, always learn more. And that, that's, that's what it's like to me is like, I get to hang out with my friends and I get to learn more about this whole thing that I really enjoy at the same time. So that, I mean, that's why I like it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. So now we can talk a little bit about, uh, about the new Japan show. Um, so I don't want to go through every match cause I think everyone has sort of, you know, already heard and, and, watched it who who's gonna watch it um but i i watched it again i watched it back actually three matches i didn't watch because uh, uh, uh they showed it on access so they 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 had a quick turnaround on access on saturday night saturday all day on access they were showing uh, um just tons of new japan stuff from last year um and so then it led up to the showing of uh, Russell kingdom and they showed four matches cody and ibushi and then they showed the last three matches on on the actual show, which was um, the Tanahashi and Jay White match, and then the two main events, Jericho and Omega and Okada Naito. So, kind of just quickly, want to get your thoughts on a couple of the matches uh, outside of those 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 main those main ones. Um, I I I kind of get a kick out of when. Uh, when the Young Bucks actually try to do a more conventional wrestling match because they get so much crap for doing a non-conventional wrestling match. And I don't know why they uh, they feel the need to, uh, you know, do a little bit more of a, of a selling style match. But um, 
when they do it, I think they're pretty good at it, but sometimes it comes off as them sort of tongue-in-cheek doing it. I don't know how you feel about that because their match with, with Rapungi 3K, though there were still stuff that you know wouldn't necessarily make sense to the most logical wrestling mind, they did really try hard to, to do a match that uh, was more of a conventional style, which is kind of interesting because both teams can do all of the athletic stuff necessary to have like a crazy match but they decided to go a little more conventional i thought it was pretty good but i still feel like the young bucks are kind of doing it a little bit tongue-in-cheek um and just kind of wanted to hear about what you thought about it well i thought the match was it was a good match and then um you know young bucks you're gonna get a lot of big moves a lot of big spots you get some comedy um you just get just ridiculous athletic stuff you know which I always marvel at with those guys when they do like these really creative stuff. But, you know, my point is like, I'm not a, you know, their type of match. I'm not a big fan of mostly, you know, but this one was, it was good. You know, I, 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 I liked how they went into like the uh, injured back thing. I thought that was kind of creative. I thought that was different. Um, you know, the old timers was probably like, Oh, you can do this and keep it simple, which is they could have, but that's not the young bucks way. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. They're going to do something different. And then, uh, but I thought that was kind of cool what they did with the, well, it was a dive out. And I think people were questioning like, Oh, I think someone's really hurt, you know, and all that stuff. And it was just, you know, it was like right away they did a move on the apron and we always knew right away. It was just a, just a work, but that's fine. You know, that's good. It was good. Um, it was a good match. You know, I, I, I think some people thought it was, lot better i thought it was just yeah that was a good match good nice little opener okay okay now explain Meltzer's comparison with the young bucks and the midnight express like can you make heads or tails of of why he uses that as the comparison i can't even figure out (laughs) me that question i want to ask you that one i i mean i mean i I just think the midnight express are like way above them you know when it comes to you know psychology and ring work and all that stuff yeah they do i mean young bucks are great athletes and they do some some spectacular stuff and definitely a lot more spectacular than a bobby eaton or a stanley or a dennis condry but when it comes to like the you know psychology of it i, I just think there's no way i mean that the, the next rest is far above them you know and uh so I, th- I think I, they could be that good. I think they could eventually get there if they would put that into it. But they, you know, they have a different mindset about what yeah, they're doing, and yeah. that's their thing. And they're they're obviously very successful at it. So the uh, I think the comparison, and then just to be fair to Dave, I think the comparison is based on what he believes their timing is for the sort of the the big moment or the apex of the match, um, because <laughs> I think someone. Um, Someone tagged Cornette in in a in a note about it, and then Cornette uh, on Twitter tagged Meltzer and was like, "Please, God, Dave, please tell me that you didn't say that." <laughs> and then and then Dave and then Dave he I mean Dave doubled down on on his comparison, but I do I do think it was more it wasn't necessarily about how they are as a team when it comes to psychology or when it comes to this or that. I think it was literally just about their feeling of that big moment and how to, and how to do the, the, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the end part of the match or whatever. Uh, I think that was, what I'm, it was. I'm, I'm guessing too, as well, like in 1983, when like midnight's a rock and roll or 
express program starting and then they're doing these like action-packed matches and they're going so fast so fast for that era right yeah and so i bet you a lot of old timers are like oh they're going too fast they need to slow down they're doing too many big spots and it's probably the same conversation we're having now about the young bucks right yeah. so that's probably what you i have a feeling that's probably what he means by the night express but yeah i don't know i don't know <laughs> other than that i, I just you know have the Midnight express on definitely a higher level than the young bucks you know but Jericho, they come Jer- close, but on on uh, on Jericho's podcast with Don Callis, which was uh, the same act, this, actually the same, or the day before, actually technically the the of the show, um, they were talking about how the junior the junior tag titles they, they they were mostly talking about how there's just too many titles in New Japan, and so they were saying how you know the junior tag titles like it's almost like a. Um, and they just trade the belt so often and stuff. And, and then, and then Jericho, yeah. I think Jericho, maybe it was Callus. They were talking about how, you know, why don't the, why aren't the young bucks in, in heavyweight tag team division? And Callus was saying, well, you know, you got all these teams who are so big. And then Jericho was like, well, it'd be, it'd be like rock and rolls versus the road warriors or, or midnight express versus road warriors. Like it happened, you know, back then too, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, new Japan's just, the way that they're doing things is just to keep the smaller guys with the smaller guys. And, you know, it's, I would love, I would love to see the young bucks. Um, cause I think they, they would actually make that, that tag team division with the heavyweights a lot hotter than it currently is. But, um, you know, that's just not the, the way that they're doing things right now. Well, that's all that's the way they've always done things though. Like the juniors are the juniors and the heavyweights are the heavyweights. So yeah. they usually, I mean, they would do some cross matches. Like I think I remember lighter wrestling, uh, Hashimoto one time I think it was and he like didn't wear a, didn't wear his top part of his gear and it was, he's like showing his muscles and he had like a mask with him over open face and I think I remember him like power bombing Hashimoto and it was like a hot little match but like in the end though the heavyweight does beat the junior yeah. heavyweight you know what I mean so so I think that's this is the Japanese mentality I don't, that's, why, that's why I think that will probably never happen and it's curious to see like I think the young bucks will probably be in that same spot you know they'll probably be like 20 times junior tag team champion i know they're they're, they've already won it seven times um yeah like i kind of don't even care about those belts i just it's just i really don't even care about like it doesn't matter to me honestly i have like those belts just don't really matter to me at all and so i'm not like looking forward to those junior tag styles being defended you know i just don't really care but uh, yeah, that's just the way it is. There's, there's too many titles. Six man titles. My goodness. I know. Too many I know. Titles. I know. Though you know, I will say that um, Show and Yo are, are are really good, and and uh, I, I I like watching them wrestle. I think uh, I, I don't remember which one it was, but there's uh, I want to say it's Yo, but um, he just has like the perfect um, like. S- face for for when he sells where you're just like oh man like i really feel bad for that guy like he just has like that perfect face that facial already um so i really like i really like watching those guys but i i think you're right like this is for as long as the young bucks are, are with new japan they're probably just going to keep trading the belts back and forth with whoever the next team is um you know the, which is which is going to be rapungi 3k yeah i mean yeah they're obviously very popular and, and people are really into them and you know, Shotanaka and Yo are really good. So, I mean, I really like the Rampongi 3K. I really like, I really like their 
their stuff and they're just going to get keep getting better which is awesome so so uh you mentioned this before but um the cody Rhodes and kota ibushi match with kevin kelly and don Callis calling the match i thought it was a <laughs> lot better than when i watched uh, ross and barnett call it um you got to watch the access version of this match as well. What what were your thoughts on the differences? Did you feel like like it was a little bit worse the next day that you watched it, or did you feel like you know sort of the same as what you saw originally? Uh, it was the same to me. I, I thought um, you know I had it. I thought I had it as like a very good match. I had it as as expected. I expect that you know be a nice work match. Ibushi goes over. You know, I didn't see like what. Other people thought it was like this great match. I really didn't see it. I thought it was a really good match. And, you know, like I, I don't think it was as good as Okada and Cody was, but, you know, some people thought it was better. Um, I just thought it was, it, was, it, was, it was good. It was good, you know, for what it needed to be. And, you know, if, I mean, if we're going to do star rating on it, you know, I'd probably have it like you know, three and a half, three and three quarter. But, you know, some people are like higher than that, but. Yeah, when 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 we were having that discussion, um, I thought the Okada match was better too because it just felt more important, and it because it was more important. It was a tie. It was a it was a title it was, match. Definitely. It was you know the it was New Japan in the USA for the you know uh, for the I guess I guess for the first time, um, and Cody was still so early on in his. Uh, and his new Cody Rhodes independent wrestler professional, you know, gimmick. And uh, I, I thought he was trying very hard to, to stay with Okada and maybe, you know, you know, maybe here and there, you know, he was having a little bit of trouble because Okada is like one of the best guys. But um, I feel like Cody has his character so down pat right now. Like he's the best version of, of this version of Cody Rhodes that, that I've seen in this match. Um, and watching it with, with everyone on uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, I was like, okay, you know, this is a really good match. And then watching it back, I was like, okay, like this is a, like you said, like a three and a half star match. But I felt like JR and Barnett, I don't know if they were bored or if they did just, you know, they didn't, it, you know, they treated it sort of as like the opener on their show. Cause that's what it was. It was the opener. But I, I don't know. I, I just felt like they were like, just kind of like not really caring too much about it, even as the finish came. Um, the funniest thing uh, when you watch J- when you watch these matches with Jr. and Barnett is, um, especially when like when the finishing move happens or like or like the signature moves, Jr. will say something like, "Oh my gosh, such great intensity in that move." And then Barnett will follow up with what the actual move is called. And so, um, and then that, that's what they did throughout this whole match because JR didn't really know uh, Coda's, uh, the name of Coda's moves. And so, but Barnett did, and he would follow up after, like, oh, you know, that's, you know, th- that was what the move was called. So I don't know. I, I think yeah. this was sort of JR kind of at what a lot of the people, a lot of the hardcore New Japan fans don't like about him, which is that he just doesn't study up enough probably but he's never you know he he I, I guess his strength was never about being the walking wrestling encyclopedia like Amaro Ranello um because yeah. he did get much better as uh with the bigger matches on the show and we'll get to those but yeah, yeah. I, on second viewing I, I didn't like it as much as I did Wednesday night yeah I mean I, I don't think they hurt the match 
at all. I think Jim Ross is just he just he likes to call things without he's not gonna watch it first and then call it. You know what I mean? He's gonna watch it once and then call it at the same time. So you know, he's gonna call it the same time he's watching it so he gets a better feel because he's not there live. I think it's hard for him too. Like it's much better to be live, right? Yeah. For him yeah. and for Barnett. Yeah. So they're doing the best they can in a studio watching this match for the first time. And I thought they did really good job. You know, I, I really enjoyed both of them a lot. And, and I thought it was very interesting, like them pointing out uh, a big hole in the psychology of this match. Cause during the match, of course the big spot was crossroads off the apron and, you know, Cody goes in the ring after the move and he's, you know, in the ring and they're like, he should go out there and get him and pin it. You know, he has them on the ropes. You know, this is the time to pin, and he's just not doing it. Then he gets in the ring. He's kind of, I mean, once Cody gets in the ring, he's kind of like, you know, taking his time. Obviously, like, he picks up Ibushi, and Ibushi just falls down, right? Like, he's, like he's unconscious or something like that. Well, he, he doesn't pin him. Like, you know, the whole point of a professional wrestling match is to win a match. Yeah. So, like, why aren't you going down and pinning? So, I thought that was very interesting. And like, I remember I seen it when I first watched it. I thought that was like, oh, that's weird. But like, you know, I kind of gave it a pass, but like when they really point it out and focus on it, like it really stands out. Like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. You know, I, th- I, so, what, I, what, I, mean, I what I thought they were going to do is like the old Bret Hart move where he'd like pretend like he was really hurt. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden small package out of nowhere. Like I thought that's what it was going to be, but it was. It wasn't. Yeah, that was a little. That was a little yeah. weird. And they and they were, you know, very right to point it out. Um, whereas, you know, Kelly and Callis are probably not necessarily wanting to. To they may want to cover it up a little bit, like so that yeah. you know, because they're you know they're they're the the New Japan guys. But um, yeah. So and, you know, and, and the play to play guys are they have to have credibility, right? So if they, if they don't point out something that we're thinking. And they know that we're thinking this, like they lose credibility, right? So, yeah, that's that'd be interesting. They, they didn't show the Goto Suzuki match. It's probably going to be this weekend, right? But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what their commentary on that, which was a great match. But there's also a big point in that match we'll talk about. That I'm sure we all had issue with. So, um, so in that match, uh, and yeah, I think you're right. I think they're showing uh, part one of Wrestle Kingdom on uh, on Friday. So. I guess mm-hmm. I guess I guess what we saw is technically part two, so they're they're going to show part one, um, which, yeah. which I'm assuming is Goto Suzuki, probably the the four way um, mm-hmm. the junior titles and maybe the Young Bucks match and uh, and then yeah and then, right yeah so um, so then uh, so the, the Goto Suzuki match I think the spot that you're talking about is basically. Uh, they treated this match like almost like it was like an MMA fight inside of a wrestling ring, especially early on. Cause Goto was out like Suzuki had had him in a rear naked choke and he was just out for like minutes. <laughs> like it felt like it was minutes. Um, and the doctor came in and so, you know, I, I think we were all thinking like, are they like doing like an immediate stoppage? Like what's going on here? And they, mm-hmm. they didn't go to just like kind of just sold forever, like just being totally out of it. And, um, and I think that was just the beginning part of the match that, that it, it was a little weird for sure. What, what did you think about that part? Well, yeah, the, the beginning part, that part with the whole, like getting choked out and he's on, I know he's on the rose, he's being hanged in the corner, which is not like, 
illegal moves or the count. There's like a five count, right? Or four count. Cause you got to break it before five. You get disqualified. But then again, this is new Japan and rules aren't really <laughs> enforced, which makes the you know, no disqualification match. I always thought that the, I thought the no disqualification match for Jericho and Omega was just hilarious. Just cause like, I mean, you don't need no rules. Like there's literally no rules in Japan. Like they beat the referee up in the match. <laughs> you know, totally. It's and, and I mean, that happened right in the, in the uh, Cody and, and Ibushi match where Ibushi was trying to suplex Cody inside the ring from the apron. And he like, he, he got it a couple times. Uh, I mean, Cody like blocked it a couple times and then right in front of the referee, Brandy just grabs Cody's foot. Like, just like right in front of the ref, and like nothing happened. Which is funny because I, when I watched it the second time, I noticed she missed it the first time. Oh, she did. So the, so the one. I mean, that's why I feel like it looked like that's what happened. Like he went up for the suplex, and she was supposed to grab it, but then he went back down, and then she kind of gave like a nod, or maybe like maybe maybe he was just saying like giving her signal, like oh, this is the time to, this is the time to grab it. But she did look like she was going in to grab it, like maybe she was going to do it too early, but. Whatever it doesn't matter. I mean, it's only only like an eye like myself who's actually looking for crazy stuff like that. But like, you know, for the most part, like I thought Brandy did pretty good actually. Um, I, I like that aspect of Cody's character with her now as like a regular in Japan. I think it's great. And I, and I hope to see more of that because I think it adds to something different to the show. Yeah, absolutely. To him, and he can use her as like you know, he'd be creative, like almost like Macho Man, but you know. Unlike Elizabeth, you know, Brandy's a little more vicious and yeah, 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 yeah. you know, cunning. So, but yeah, the Shibata, I mean, Shibata, um, the Goto and Suzuki match, like that, other than that first part, like, that's kind of weird. Like, they're like really going, I mean, they want to be unconscious and the rest, the doctors in there, the referees checking on them, they're not like stopping. It's just like, it's just weird, especially with today's world of we know with mixed martial arts and like how they can just stop a match, like less than that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But other than that, like once it started getting going at that point, it was like pretty, pretty damn awesome. You know, uh, and you then, know it, it was um, the was, most. It, it had the most. Uh, it may it may have had the most sort of drama in 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 the the finish and in, in sort of the setup. Like there's this spot where um, Suzuki, much like a boxer, would throw punches at, at a at a bag. He just threw like. 30 punches and like 10 kicks just in a rhythm that, you know, not obviously not all of them touched Goto, but, you know, some of them I'm sure, uh, you know, maybe was were a little snug, but he just kind of did this exhibition where he's just like throwing, you know, right, left, right, left, mm-hmm. kick, boom, 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 you know, just throwing out like just fast hands. I thought was really impressive, but, um, yeah, like the, the, the end of this match, um, you know, when, when Goto actually got the win, um, the fact that he took so much punishment to still come back, I thought was maybe, you know, maybe the most dramatic, the best drama of the show. Yeah, during the, when Suzuki was really giving him a brutal beating, that's when I thought, like, okay, this is when, like, it'd be cool if I should came down the ramp, and people know that, you know, they went to high school together, they also had a war together between each other, and and tag team titles together and it'd be like a cool like moment for like, that's what kind of like, you know, Dakota's just about to quit or give up or, you know, he's just, he's knocked out, but then you see Shibata and it just kind of like pumps him up and it gives him that second inspiration to keep going. And, you know, and this, it would just been, I think that would have been like perfect, you know, at that point. And then I like the whole, head shaving thing, how it was handled. I like the idea of the Sugi gun guys, like getting 
getting Suzuki out of there, who was una- who was unaware that he was getting pulled out by his guys. But like, even though he's a dick and a jerk, and like he still has honor, you know. So he went in there, and I like how he had, but like at the same time, he has pride. So he's like, I'm not going to sit in the chair that you set up. I'm going to sit in the chair that I'm bringing in. And you know, when he shaved his head, and then he took this his this hair, and he just slammed it to the chair seat, saying like, okay, like. I'm going to come back and just causing more chaos, you know, but you know, I thought that was cool. I thought that was like perfect. I thought that was awesome. So, uh, the next, uh, the next match was, um, the four way for the juniors title. Um, this is not my favorite style of wrestling. And, uh, I'm probably a little biased towards that because, uh, Will Ospreay is, kind of humorous to me in, in a lot of the things that he does. And look, I mean, the guy is a tremendous athlete. Um, but like when he does like dives outside that are very spectacular, but he touches nobody and just lands on his feet. Like, I don't like stuff like that. Um, when he, he powers up, like, I think he powered up like four times in this match, like exactly <laughs> the same way. Like, I just oh, like, man. like there's no, you know, there's no, creativity to it to me because it seems like he's just uh robotic in in a sense um but uh but you know the match in of itself like if, if you were the, the if you were looking you know the, the reason why i thought the match w- was still good is because you know this is what the strength of the show was which was whatever style of wrestling you enjoy i think you would have gotten something from one of the matches because there were a lot of mm-hmm. matches were so different. This being one of them, this was the spot match, right? This was, you know, guys getting their stuff in and hitting spectacular moves and, and, uh, Marty squirrel breaking fingers and using his umbrella and, uh, Osprey doing, you know, all of his crazy shit. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you start to kind of become numb to that stuff. And, you know, and, and, and if, you know, if, if these guys can take, you know, 10 of these moves, then that means that, you know, they don't really mean that much in, in a sense. But uh, but it's still at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to um, athleticism and crazy things that you don't see. And, and, and uh, again, Osprey is just like the guy, you, the way that he moves, you're thinking he's jumping off of a trampoline sometimes. And, and it's just him. Like, it's just his athleticism. So kudos to all that stuff and i still thought it was a good match but not my cup of tea when it gets down to it more, more of my cup of tea is like kind of jericho omega stuff but um what were your thoughts on on the four-way um uh, well you know just like you i'm not, it's not my cup of tea as well i mean i like i like watching them do their athletic stuff though like i, I just like i like, like i said osprey like he can like just jump and do a backflip so high, like out of nowhere. It's just, it's fun to see. I like, I like watching that. I think it's very, very cool. But like within 10 minutes, I'm already like checked out because, you know, you see all these big moves and they're doing all these big head, like stuff, you know, super kicks to the head, kicks to the head, and they're just right back to their feet. And that kind of like really takes me out of the match. And it kind of makes, you know, I want to suspend this sleep. I want to be locked into the drama and that's why like i like it like i like go to suzuki like you're locked into that drama yeah and with when it comes to i mean i kind of knew what it was going to be like you know when we when it was booked as a four-way you're that's the idea they're gonna go all crazy and i always said that this match is gonna be nuts and it definitely was nuts it was it was crazy like osprey's jumping off a the lighting partition or the hell was light sand thing you know holding you know that that was crazy and 
And uh, Marty Scrolls like really really good. I do enjoy watching him work. I'm not a big fan of the finger breaking spot because no one's fingers ever gets broke. <laughs> I know. Broken. Okay, so so what what is what do you think about him calling out the moves before he does them? Does it? Do you think that's different, annoying, funny? Like, what do you think about that part? Because to me, it got annoying, and and it's part. And and I guess it's just it's different. It's what it separates him a little bit, but. Throughout that match, I thought it got annoying t- at the end. Yeah, I mean, it's just, that's what that's over with him, right? And yeah. People like to say chicken wing, and like right, to say right. whatever else, you know, or the, the you know the fake super kick, right? He goes for the fake super kick or psych, whatever he says. I don't know, but like people, his fans are into that, and that's part of what they like. So he he continues to do him, but like if you're trying to sell people in a real wrestling match, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your opponent's an idiot, you know. It's just the same thing with, like, Evil. Like, Evil does that spot where a guy kicks, he throws the guy's leg out to the ref. The ref catches (laughs) the leg, and he, like, super kicks (laughs) now. Now, like, this happens almost every match. I don't think it happened. I don't remember it happening to Tag. I don't think it did. I think just freaking Dave Boy and Lance Archer just mauled the hell out of him, which was awesome. Uh, But, like, like, it happens, like, every show mostly. Like, you think the referee would not, like, not do that you know what i mean yeah like not it just it just gets annoying it just gets more of a a vibe of a performance and and sometimes that's what kind of bothers me about new japan now is like you, you kind of see, you see the performance you feel it's a more performance and it's like actually contest and like what made me like love japanese wrestling you know when i discovered it back in like 1995 i started watching everything um it was like it felt different than the United States stuff, right? It felt like more of a, like a real, real sport. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, new Japan is going for the casual audience too. And it's more of a, you know, wrestling is viewed differently than it is back then. So it's interesting. Um, so, uh, so Osprey won the match and he's, uh, and then, you know, he had been unable to, uh, to beat Skrull. And so he finally, Hits the os cutter on him and wins a match. So we were, I think, at this point, we were like five for five on 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 uh, on champion new champions. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I, like, I kind of, I mean, the story is Osprey hasn't beaten Scroll. Uh, wouldn't be, I thought it would have been better if it was a singles as a singles match, the four way. You know, like I think Scroll should have probably retained here, and then I think they built up to like, like Scroll should have beat Kushida. And then Osprey could have beat him later down the line in the singles match. Personally, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, so five for five, new champions. Uh, and then uh, the match that I was, uh, I-, I wouldn't say I wasn't looking forward to it, but just because knowing that Tanahashi was hurt, knowing that you know Jay White was uh, probably. Uh, a little too high on the card for his new character, you know, when it came to, um, j- just, I, I didn't, th- I don't think the character was, was, was quite over enough yet, but they, they took a chance and, and they wanted, you know, they wanted this, this, uh, they, they wanted to, you know, to bring back, bring him back in, in a big splash way, which, which it was, but, uh, you know, solid pro wrestling match, but I think the effect of, what they wanted to get out of it when it came down to, you know, reintroducing Jay White and putting him as, you know, Tanahashi's almost equal. Um, there were, there, it was kind of a little bit of a lull for me. And it was both, I think both because a, um, 
just bummed out that Tanahashi is kind of beat up because, I mean, just watching him in the G1, right? Like, we watched so many great matches with him in the G1. And then now you can just tell that he's not even as healthy as he was in the G1. He's got now now the knee's the problem. And then Jay White, a couple of times during this match, and, and I even saw it when I, I skimmed through um, – the access version of this because I didn't have enough time to watch all of it, so I just skipped this one. There was a little bit of a deer in headlights look from him during this match, and it's, it, it, it's I mean, his facials as this character are kind of weird in of itself, like when when you know when he's in the corner and stuff. But I did see a little bit of like, oh shit, like you know, this is like the real deal, you know, for from him. Um, though to be fair to him. Uh, I think this character is going to work, and we can talk about the new the New Year Dash thing uh, a little bit later. But um, they they are still they still have really high hopes for this guy. And while this wasn't, I don't think this was a, a star making performance at all. I still think there there are things that I really liked about him. Um, but just it wasn't the right match, or it wasn't the right day, or whatever it was for him uh, on this night. Yeah, it's like it's like when Okada debuted his Rainmaker character, right? Remember how like everyone's like, "Oh my God, it was a disaster!" And look at Okada now, like yeah. the best outfit today, right? Totally. And like to give this guy credit, like it's his first match under the gimmick, and a big match. This is a Tokyo Dome for like you know thirty some thousand people, and you have to play this new gimmick, and it's you expect to get over with it. It's like a nerve wracking thing, so. I think it's unfair to say, oh, it's not working. You know, a lot of people, I saw a lot of people on Twitter, like totally bagging on it. I'm like, gosh, give him some time to grow with it. You know, like give him a year with it. And, okay, but you know, put, and put, and your, put your Booker's hat on. Would you have uh, debuted this in, 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 in the, on the biggest show of the year? Because, I mean, it does get the most eyeballs. And, and if it does work, then it's like, wow, we just made a guy in a night. Or would you have done it a little bit more slowly in your and, and maybe the big match is six months from now or five months from now or whatever? Um, just from you know from your thoughts going in, do you do you think this was the right way to to re debut the character or re debut Jay White? Uh, it's not fair for me to say like this is how I should have did it because there's definitely multiple ways you can do it. You know, me personally, like my style is like I rather be a guy slow and build him up through the ranks and then you know into that big match right and but like they want they're like they're really high on him they should be because jay white's a, a hell of an athlete a hell of a prospect and you know look at the guy's good size like you know i just think the switchblade gimmick is maybe not him but like i said like um, i'm not gonna judge it until maybe a year from now you know because i think he needs to grow and i think he did i think he, he kind of like he did a lot better at new year's dash and I think he's going to do do well with it. Um, so I do. I think they made a mistake with something, which we'll talk about later. But and then, you know, unfortunately for him, like you know, they're expecting like him to have this great match with Tanahashi. And Tanahashi is like has bad knees, his biceps torn. Like he just he's beat the hell up, and he can't go out there and have like this classic Tanahashi match, you know, without killing himself. And they kept it very safe and simple. And, and you know, you could just tell some like Tanahashi was not 100 percent at all. And, you know, it's just kind of like a couple of things that didn't work out for Jay White. But, you know, I, I think in a year's time, we'll be talking, you know, we'll be, we'll be all pro Switchblade and we'll be like, wow, this guy's great. And he, yeah, he yeah. will be great. 
Totally. I, it was funny. Uh, I, I didn't, like I said, I, didn't, I skimmed through the access version of Smash, but I did go to the finish because I wanted to see how the finish came off. And uh, so I think Tanahashi hits, he, he, he hits the high fly flow, and then he goes back up, and then he doesn't get it, or he misses it, and then he gets it again. Like, he did it a few times, and Ross just kept calling it, like, the big splash. I forgot what he called it. Uh, <laughs> but then, but then he did he did call it the high fly flow in the last one that actually got the finish, and I was like I was like screaming at at the TV going, Jr. It says it on his tights, like on his knee pads, like it's t- it says what the name of the move is. But he did he did get yeah. it at the end. So he was I think he was saving it like he knows he's called enough Tanahashi matches to know what that what that move is called. But he was kind of holding yeah. holding back on it. But I just thought it was funny because he wouldn't say it, and I was like. I was like dying for him to say it because you know Kevin Kelly's going to call it that every single time, um, and 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 he'll explode in calling it. But Jr. just different. He's like, oh, you know, I'm not I'm not going to sell it until I know that it's that it's the big move. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, I was pretty surprised about the finish though. I thought for sure White was going to go over. I figured like he'll go over, and and you know Tanashi would take some time off, heal up, make a comeback, and then you know, go for the belt again, but apparently Tanahashi's not taking too much time off, you know? So that's, that's which is scary. Poor guy. It's, I, it sucks. I can't imagine. It's just the mentality they have though. It's like, they have to be there to show up. They have to wrestle. People paid to see the stars, you know, what's it going to take though? Is it going to take for him, for him to like sever his ACL, like where he literally cannot walk. Is that what it's going to take in order to, to allow him to, you know, get some time That's on the shelf? Think. That's crazy. Think something like that where he has to, he can't wrestle at all. But like, I think like new Japan should be, you know, ghetto and the rest of them should be like, Hey, you know, you're still a valued talent. Yeah. Could draw us money, but we're okay now. Like, yeah. you know, we're okay with Naito. We're okay with Okada. You know, we're okay with Omega, like, as the top three guys right now. Like, you can take time off. You can heal up. And maybe that's what happened. Maybe, you know, Suzuki win the belt or something like that, and he will. But, you know, I think he should take time off and come back at G1. That's what I think. And, um, but, you know, but he's a prideful guy, you know, so he wants to be out there. So so what they did on New Year Dash uh, is – they had uh, Suzuki basically jump him and um, and put him in some submissions and and you know just basically beat him up in that way. Knowing that the Japanese audience is so smart, if the next program is with Suzuki, like Tanahashi can't be sitting in these submissions forever, right? Like it, they have to do a, a much different match because you know everyone knows he's hurt. And if Suzuki's, you know, uh, Suzuki's a, 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 an MMA fighter and he knows, you know, how to do all these moves in a very real way. So if he does do this to Tanahashi, like he cannot sit there and just sell, 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 sell like he can in, in these other matches. I thought that was an interesting pairing for the next program. Yeah, I, I love that New Year's Dash angle with them. I thought that was awesome. I thought I love how Suzuki kept taking Tanahashi out and stuff. I just loved, I just loved it. I thought that match was so much fun and the angle is great. And Suzuki, man, tell you about, he loses never title and he goes into the 
uh, goes for a bigger title. You know? I know, I know. He's that's... always like, he's kind of always like that. But I mean, I mean, Suzuki is, you know, Suzuki and Tanahashi is money, really, and and uh, they need like another, you know, they're doing all these big shows, and they have they're doing like multiple dates in these big buildings, so like you need like multiple big main events, right? So I mean, that's why I kind of understand now that why Tanahashi went over, like. Well, you know, Jay White obviously couldn't draw in his big buildings, you know, as an Intercontinental Champion. So having Tanahashi as your Intercontinental Champion in many of these buildings is what's, you know, what they need right now. But in time, he's freaking hurt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, so uh, Jericho and Omega, um, I, I just thought from like a, a rock star status – Chris Jericho with the lighted up jacket walking out in the Tokyo Dome on that ramp to his own song that he's singing. Like that was just a, a such a cool moment. And I, and I imagine it was like an amazing moment for him too. Like just like, mm-hmm. you know, the, he he's had so many great moments in, in, in his career in WWE and everything, but like at, 47 years old which is was interesting is that on the access version jr kept mentioning his age for whatever reason i mean i don't i don't know why because it really didn't add or subtract i think he was trying to prove a point which is that even in his older age jericho's such a great athlete um but mm-hmm. it was like and i and then i did a i did a little bit of like a a double take i was like whoa he is 47 wow like that you know that that was kind of crazy I, and not to say that, you know, it really took away from anything, because I don't think that was his intent, but I, w- I would have probably not have said the age of Jericho in this match where he's battling, you know, like one of the, the, the top guys going today who's just super athletic and strong as shit. Like, uh, but it, it, it was an interesting uh, moment by, uh, by JR there to, to tell us that basically Chris Jericho's old. But, um, you know, the, this just the idea that this dude is like, the, one of the smarter guys, like we're going to give, you know, everyone talks about like the smartest guys in wrestling, like Jericho's going to get, she should get all the credit in the world for uh, making this thing work because, you know, I I, I think the, 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 uh, the NJP uh, W world, the subscriptions were like way, way up. And that's probably a lot due to him. Um, I don't think the, I don't think the the Tokyo Dome uh, audience or the the ticket sales necessarily w- was him. Probably more just their product being so hot right now, and you know Naito in the main event, and Naito's mm-hmm. their hottest guy. Jericho, I'm sure, helped somewhat, but um, just the idea that this dude, after you know, hasn't really been a top guy in WWE. Um, he he's worked some. You know, he he works some top programs, but he was he hasn't been the top guy probably in uh, at least like six years or something like that. Yeah, probably since um, the Michaels program, right? Well, uh, the one I was thinking the last time that he actually main evented WrestleMania, and it wasn't even he was in the semi main technically. I think was twenty six when it was him against Edge underneath uh, Michaels and Undertaker two because I think. Edge had the title um, in that. Did he have the title? The the other title? I don't remember. But I think that one because when I went to the, to that WrestleMania, I think uh, I think that was one of the top matches. So it was maybe the second from the top or the third from the top, 
Cena and Batista was maybe the other one. But um, it's not. It's been since then, really, that he's been you know, uh, a top guy, uh, or, or he actually worked with Punk, maybe, or WrestleMania after that, so maybe it was then, but still, like, you know, he's been, he's been super entertaining, he had a really good WWE run, where he's doing the list, and he's doing stuff with Kevin Owens, and they're mm-hmm. the best friends, but you wouldn't have considered him a top, the top guy, you know, that's Reigns, and Brock, and Cena, so he's been a little bit below that in WWE, and he comes out, walks you know into new japan and puts himself right in the in the middle of one of the hotter things that we've seen in quite some time like the guy is just he's just so smart and savvy and business smart and just really understands how to go away and and how to make big splashes like the guy you know I, i don't know how you can rank him as a wrestler whatever you know but just such a I don't know. So many, so many things, so many different adjectives I could use to describe Jericho, but he really made me such a, I've always been a big fan, but he just made me so much of a bigger fan on Wednesday. Just the match, the the idea, the angles going into it, you know, him probably being the bigger part of actually uh, making, making that match what it was, you know, kind of guiding, you know, what it was going to be it was a fight. It wasn't, it wasn't Kenny's normal kind of match. It was really just like this brawl and fight and blood and who's, you know, who's the toughest guy and all that. I, I just watching it again just made me realize, like, man, you know, Chris Jericho is so good, and I think we're at the point in his career where he he definitely needs to get all the credit that he deserves. Oh yeah, he's a he's definitely a Hall of Famer. I- I mean, the only thing I like about Jericho a lot is like he's always involved in his character. He's always like changing things up, no matter if it's for babyface or heel. Like he's just always finding something new to do and stay fresh. And I like that. And I think he's smart too right now with the how he does, you know with his band. He can take time off, come back, and be fresh again. And you know when he's off, obviously when he's on tour to his band, he's also thinking like, Oh, how can I come back as something different? You know, how can I tweak my characters enough to be fresh? And, uh, and this whole thing with Omega has been just, just fantastic. I love like crazy, you know, basically loose cannon, Chris Jericho. Like I love the press conference on the table. I thought that was awesome. Um, and then the match itself lived up to the hype. Right. And how, and usually that doesn't happen a lot of times, right. With all these big matches, but I, I was worried. It was. Yeah, I mean, like you know, we all talked about, like, oh, I wonder how it's going to happen, and can he hang? And like, he definitely did. And my enjoyment of the match is actually on the Omega's end because I really like seeing Omega do something different than a normal like Omega match. And you know, which is a lot of big moves, a lot of near falls, and this had that, but like, it was more of a story with it you know and there's, and there's stories in Omega's matches I'm not, not, not saying he doesn't have stories matches he definitely does but I'm saying sometimes I feel like it's kind of like the same match a lot yeah. like it's yeah. a lot of the, like I kind of know how it's the flow of it's going to go and this one like it wasn't like a flow there was like a lot of stops and starts and go back and forth up and down like and I really enjoy the brawl like it's good seeing him in that in that way and and, and it really stood out for me that Kenny I think Kenny rises to the occasion and Chris Jericho rises to the occasion. You know what I mean? Like that's what I felt like in this match. And 
And, you know, they, you can nitpick certain things. Like, I remember, like, one of the coolest moments was when uh, he had him up for the uh, one-wing angel. Mm-hmm. He had uh, Jericho up the one-wing angel and, like, Jericho reversed it into into the uh, walls of Jericho. Yeah. Like, I thought, when I was watching it, I was like, he should have rolled through, got a near fall, and then and then, and then then got the walls. Or maybe he rolled after the after the near fall he rolls out and then mega gets back to his feet goes for a v-trigger misses but then like jericho locks on the walls like because i think that jericho took a couple of v-triggers and looked like he was knocked out and yeah. all of a sudden like he's fresh to roll through and then grab the leg and then go for the boss and crab i thought there could have been a little bit more of a, a little slowing down of there should have been a little something in there between that but that's just nitpicky and and just the way my mind works but but uh I, I, I love that match, and it's definitely well. I know they're so early on in 2018, but definitely one of my favorites so far. Yeah, yeah, and so, uh, but I, I thought Ross and Barnett, uh, as the match got towards the end, I thought they were really good at the end, and that's what Ross is good at is making that you know as as the finish is building up and it's getting really good, like he just adds that little exclamation point on it, um, and he he's going to be better than that uh, for the rest of his life until he can't you know, talk anymore than, than Kevin Kelly is. Um, but, uh, yeah. So when I watched it the second time, I loved it just as much, maybe even a little bit more, um, that the, uh, the spot where, uh, Omega does the sliding dive. Jericho takes the tumble over the, um, over the, uh, Mm -hmm. the the barrier or whatever. And then when they're in and then Omega, uh, and then, and then they're, they're, they're in the, in, in that area, and then he, he, you know, he pushes off the referee and then he grabs the referee's kid and puts him in, in, in the lion tamer. Like that whole thing was awesome. Uh, just like the, like you said, the loose cannonness of the character, the viciousness of, of Jericho's new character. And the funniest thing about it is for whatever reason, you know, cause I think Jericho's maybe like five, eight or five, nine. Right. And he's stocky. Mm-hmm. He's a stocky guy. Like he's not cut. But he's 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 got you know he's got big arms and he he's got a big chest, but just how this five eight and a half five nine guy who is a junior heavyweight you know uh, has be, can project himself to be big and to be vicious because uh, you you look at Omega and you put those two together and Omega's definitely like the bigger guy right but Jericho yeah. projects yeah. himself as bigger than life which is. Uh, which is what he's, you know, that that's his key, I think, in, in some of this stuff. It's just his ability to do that. Because when you look at him and he comes out in scarf and he's got the little headband and you're like, like, what is he doing? But then when he gets in the ring, like he's just able to project tough and big. Even though, like, you know, he's probably, he, he's a tough professional wrestler, but he's, you know, he's not like a fighter or anything. But just that ability to do that, I think, is, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely that matches. Fantastic! You're kind of making me want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, I uh, do that before I go to bed. What What do you think about uh, where they went for New Year's Dash with um, Omega and the Bucks had a match uh, with uh, Cheeseburger and Rapungi 3K, and uh, after the match, um, Omega, uh, you know the the the, the um, what happened? What, am I am I am I so so. What happened where so um, Cody Cody went to after the match? Cody 
attacked. That's right. Ibushi that's right. was going right. to hit him with a chair, but then you know, all the Bullet Club guys are beating on Ibushi, and Cody's going to hit Ibushi with that's a chair. Right. But that's then right. I, I, mi- I mixed up. Uh, you know, I mixed up the matches. It was a- it was actually during the the the, uh, the Bullet Club match, not the e- the being the Elite match with uh, with Omega and the Young Bucks. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that I love that part of it. Like I love stuff like that where like. You know they're friends, but they're not on the same team. But they're still friends, and that's your still you're still your friend. You're still going to protect your friend no matter what, even if your teammates are going to yeah. beat and, up on them or something like that. And the Omega Cody thing is like the slowest burning angle that that they have. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because we, we saw it when we went to the to the G One special in Long Beach. Um, you know, there was the whole thing, um, you know, with the towel and all that, and they were kind of building to a little bit of a. Uh, of something and then now you know there was not really any payoff then it was just kind of like okay like that happened and and um cody Cody, you know during the 60 the 60 minute match he kind of teased you know throwing the towel or whatever but then you know fast forward until now they kind of get nose to nose a little bit and and cody you know cody leaves but kenny is just like look like this stuff I'm frustrated with this stuff. I don't like the bickering like we need to get back to being uh you Mm -hmm. know close together being a team and then he decides to induct Jay White into the Bullet Club, and uh, and Jay White was the was the DDP, uh, and Kenny Omega was the NWO here, and uh, he it was it, it was a little weird because I mean technically Jay White is a heel, and mm-hmm. he him turning down the Bullet Club was the was that like a a heelish way? Like I still, I still don't understand that part a hundred percent, but he well, turned, he turned not, them down and, and I guess it's a baby face thing because he ended up joining chaos. Right. Right. A cottage group now. And, and so, and he gave, uh, and, and he gave Omega his finisher and it, and I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm assuming, are they, is that the program that they're leaning towards next for the next show is Omega and Jay White? Yeah, it looks like it's going to be uh, Jay White's going to contend for the U.S. title or, you know, maybe at Long Beach. Maybe that's the main event at Long Beach. You know, this is probably a strong candidate for that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, going back to the Jay White segment, like, everything was good there. Everything was really good. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, basically pretty predictable. Like, I, I for sure didn't think he was going to join Bullet Club. I for sure knew he was going to do something because I could just sense it. We kind of seen that in, like, a you know, ton, a million times before, yeah. right? Yeah. And then, but but what made it better was like when he threw the shirt, and like I felt, oh, cool. You know, I kind of like, okay, maybe this is a good idea for Switchblade, like making this lone wolf kind of character. Yeah. No association, like he's. But then next, you know, like Okada wants him to join Chaos, and he accepts, and he's like, he's like in the press conference with a suit and tie on. <laughs> that yeah, that was really weird, just because I thought the same thing as you, which is you know the lone wolf kind of character is kind of cool because. Technically, in in New Japan, just about everyone is tied into some sort of group. Yeah, everyone everyone's in a group. It's like, why is everyone in a group? You know, like, what would be nice? Cool. If there's one lone wolf guy who's kind of like only guy working singles, and he can be he can work anyone. He can work a Suzuki gun match guy. He can work a chaos guy. He can work a bullet club guy. You know, like it just keep getting wins. Yeah, yeah. building up to a bigger match. But now he's just part of chaos, and it's like, oh, great. And but like I couldn't believe like at that press conference like he's wearing a suit and tie and I'm like he's a switchblade he's 
you know, like I don't know what 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 a switchblade is, but he's definitely not suit and tie guy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leather yeah, pants, yeah. leather jacket. Well, and it just it just was it was that was weird. That was very 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 weird. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Um, it goes. So that so then the main event Naito and Okada. When we were watching this live, I don't know how you felt, but I was like, okay, we just got over this huge adrenaline match uh, mm-hmm. with the finish of Jericho Omega, and that thing was hot, and and then Naito and Okada were just sort of starting out slowly, and it felt to me like after I dumped all that adrenaline, I sat back and I was like, okay, now I'm tired. And now I got to watch mm-hmm. these guys start the beginning of what I know is going to be a long match, and um, it didn't. It didn't work for me in that moment because I was so tired. It was four o'clock in the morning, but when I watched it back um, on Access uh, without having that issue, like it was, it was so much better. Did you? How did you yeah. feel when when we were watching it so late? Well, yeah, I was. I was, I was getting tired too. So at that point, so. The beginning part, like to me, people are like, ah, oh, the, the beginning was so so. I'm like, well, all beginnings are kind of not so so, but all beginnings are kind of slow building, especially for a long match going 30 minutes. Like, yeah, it's gonna build from there. Like, it needs a base to build from to build to the climactic ending. So, like, I'm never bored in the beginning of the matches because I know what they're going for, you know. And and uh, I thought I thought it was good. I thought they did some things that. You know, there's some reversals of like traditional like spots that like say Akata does that Naito countered, and I thought that was pretty cool. Like I thought it was fine. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm, you know, I, I'm not a big. I kind of get irritated when people say, "Ah, the, the beginning was that good, but the ending was good." It's like <laughs> the beginning can't be as big as the end because yeah. the end won't be as important if the beginning's the same. You know, like you can start hot, but you're not going to start that hot. You know it's never going to match up to the end and it shouldn't because that's the climax of the match. It's the, it's the end. And you can't like, you know, you can't, <laughs> you can't, <laughs> you can't come once and come again. You know what I mean? Like within like the same, <laughs> you know, the orgasm is, is the end. That's the, that's the part you're building to. So you got to slowly work the way up. If you rush through it, it's not as exciting as, you know, slow build. That's how I view it. Um, so like, that's what they do, and that's what they're doing. It's a long match, and I just like get like frustrated when that people say that. It's like they have to like look look at Flair Steamboat. I always go back to and like it's arm drag, grab it again, arm drag, grab it again, arm drag, grab it again, right? Like it's it's and then they build the like the, the ending, the excitement. So like that's what they did here, and and it is hard because like a New Japan books these. I mean, especially this match this is the biggest match of the show of the year. Yeah. And you have like these four way junior guys going crazy. And then you have, you know, Tanahashi. I mean, I know it wasn't exciting, but you know, he's still, still you know, still Tanahashi. The crowd's going to get up for him. Yeah. And they're going to get excited when he hits the sky, the high fly flow and they do the one to the floor. Like there's still that big moment. They, you know, and then you have the Jericho mega match, which, which like, you know, like I said, like everyone's all pumped for it. And so they have to start slow because they have to get the people back up again, you mm-hmm. know? They're not going to stay that way. They're going to be they're going to be like, "Oh, whew, they're going to take a break and they need to get slowly back into it and then they start building the finish." And I thought it was a lot better than what people were saying personally. Like I I mean, when it comes to pure wrestling matches, that was the best in the show. Yeah. Um you know, I kind of had rated the higher than some people did, but 
you know? Yeah, and I'll, be interest, I'll be interested when you do get to watch it again, what you think about it, because, um, you know, I, I definitely was, was better on the second viewing for me. And even, you know, I even like, you know, I, I thought the ending was, you know, the, or the last 10 minutes of it or whatever was really great watching it even, you know, at 4.30 in the morning. But watching it uh, again, it was even better. So um, just it was a really, really, really good match. But I, I think the problem is, is like for Okada, he had such a great 2017. Um, I think a lot of people did not want him to win. And not to say that he's gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna get any sort of flack for for being like sort of the chosen one, but because he's he's great, like you can't deny that he's like literally like the best guy, you know, going today. Mm-hmm. It's arguable, but I that's who I would go with. But I do think that you know Naito, uh, we already said he's the hottest guy. He you know sells the merch. He's he's got the 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 people going crazy for him. I do think there's a little bit of part part of that was probably a little bit of frustration that um you know that Naito didn't didn't win that match, especially with sort of the way that it was built, which is you know Naito being sort of disrespected and and you know leaving and coming back and feeling like you know he he's got something to prove and he's always gonna prove it and and, and then he comes short again, which you know i I think if if that's the story you're telling, you could he could always continue to do that until he does finally win the big one. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, just th- it wasn't the right time for them. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like, I mean, I kind of like the finish of Kata going over. Cause like, it was like the, the one thing we all least expected to happen that night. Right. Yeah. And so when that's when sometimes they do something completely different and not just to do something different, just to mess with people, but like actually do something different to take a chance. They still kind of take a chance on this because Naito is like the hottest wrestler they have because of merchandise sales, popularity, and I mean the next night in Corcoran Hall, you can tell like it didn't really affect his pop. Like you know, people are still going crazy for him, and and then Naito's the guy. Like Gato's making a statement. Like I mean, I'm sorry, Okada's the guy. Gato's making that statement. Like this is the man. Like now, yeah, he is the living legend. He is the what this promotion is going to be built around and the Tokyo dome is basically his now, you know, where Tanahashi was winning almost every Tokyo dome match, right. For, you know, during his main run, you know, now it's like Kata's turn to be that guy, maybe that wins at the dome all the time. So I think good night. is going to get the belt. I think it's going to be, I'm going to say dominion. I'm going to say, I'm going to say a probably wins G one or maybe Omega wins G one, but I'm going to say, well, you know, either of those two. Yeah, and um, it's just the only thing that sucks about Okada retaining is that what's the fresh matchup, right? Yeah, like, what is it? And they're going next with Sonata, which is cool. I mean, Sonata is fantastic; he's a great athlete. But in a very rare, I think, Gato mistake when booking, he usually very makes mistakes. Like his book is very laid out. Like Sonata was beaten by Okada. And G won. Yeah. And they had a really good match. And I remember I was watching that match. And I was like, this would be a cool match if if a Kata, if Sonata actually beats Akata here. Yeah. That'd be something fresh to see. But he you know, he didn't. And so I mean, I kinda wish that Sonata won that match. So we can say, Oh, you know, this this actually adds some stuff to this match, but 
coming up, probably the New Year's show, I guess what it's probably going to be, or maybe. Yeah, probably sure it's going to be that New Year's, whatever it's called, show in February. New so beginning. That'll be new beginning. So, yeah, that's that's probably going to be that, that title match, that main event. But we'll see, you know. So, so what, what definitely you, time for Sonata to step up. Yeah, so what do you think about uh, Jericho attacking Naito at the end of the New Year's Dash show? And them brawling. I mean, very similarly, like the brawling stuff that he did, you know, it, it definitely like the Omega idea, which was, you know, this is a fight. And so Jericho attacks Naito. Now, this is built off of, um, you know, Naito saying that, you know, well, you know, yeah. you know, me and Okada are the main event. You know, Jericho can't just come in being a WWE guy. We cater too much to these guys. Like, yeah. And then Jericho, you know doing his Twitter thing with Naito. And I guess the surprise is that people didn't think that Jericho would stay for another show. And it looks like he is. And it Mm -hmm. looks like that's the next program. Um, what were your thoughts on, on them moving towards that program? Um, I thought it made perfect sense. I like how they did it too, because they waited a long time for Jericho to come out and attack him. And I think the only, the only thing they screwed up on was like, you know, Naito's guys are just sitting there watching this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like, like Sonata and Evo just like at ringside, just like watching Jericho pummel Naito for a while, right? It was like Roman, like every time Roman gets beat up by one of the big bad monsters and nobody comes and saves him. <laughs> it, was, well, it was even worse here because like Evo and Sonata are just standing there. Like, yeah. Literally, yeah. like I think, I think Hiroma was actually the only one that was kind of like going to the corner to kind of help him. And it was just so weird that part. But other than that, like I thought it was really cool. Like the part where Naito was like doing his little like you know laying on the eight on the ring eight on the on the in the ring, kind of like come on at me, and then Jericho just like flies right at him, going <laughs> at it. And then I like the uh, I really like the uh, direction of the of the production where they actually you know was able to get his like smirk and smile, you know, yeah. at Naito. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that match, especially from what we saw from Jericho with Omega. So now I'm really excited for him to work with Naito and this gives like Naito something big, something big after losing at the dome. And I'm sure he'll go over this match. I'm sure, sh- you know, he should. Yeah. And you know, so yeah, it keeps him keeps him occupied with the big program. Sonata gets an opportunity to really step up. So yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited about 2018. But what do, what do you think they do with uh, with Coda? Um, Coda, I think uh, he'll probably earn a title shot. Maybe never title shot. Maybe or maybe he's gonna feud with Cody and cause ascension. He causing. Um, dissension between the uh, between the Bullet Club and that whole deal, and maybe we'll build up to Omega and I mean, if I do Omega Bushi, maybe Cody gets involved in that, tries to interfere. I don't know. We'll see, man. I'm sure Cody's a smart guy and Omega's a smart guy, and, and I think it, they're going to be laying out a pretty cool program here. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting when the Bullet Club splits up, right? So yeah. we assume it's going to be like being elite. Which is just basically should be just Omega and um, the Bucks, and yep. then you have the Bullet Club will be Cody led, you know, with everyone else. Yeah, and I thought yeah. it was cool too. A little, the little attention to detail. I, I like the idea that when Cody was, oh, sorry, when Omega was laid out by Switchblade, that Bullet Club members didn't run out. Yep. 
Yep. So that that was pretty cool too. So. All right, man. So the the only thing I wanted to end with was is uh, just wanted to give you a, a chance to talk a little bit about about Jeff Cobb uh, working the uh, New Japan the the, the tag tournament. And, uh, just, you know, your feelings on, on him, like, I know, you know, he means a lot to you. You, you've been, you know, influential in his career and you're kind of watching him do some things that I'm sure that you had dreamed that he could do, but some of them are kind of becoming reality. Like, what are your thoughts on, on where Jeff is going? Oh man, I'm over the moon about it. You know, like I just love seeing Jeff, you know, get these opportunities and, you know, and excelling in these opportunities, like taking advantage of these opportunities. And, you know, he did really well in the, in the tournament, the tag tournament, he looked really good out there. Um, you know, it's like, I always thought like, man, if you go to Japan, you know, I think you really do really well there. And, 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 you know, of course everyone wants to get to new Japan. Right. And then it's like, you know, of course it's like the biggest company out there, the most money's out there. And it's so, so cool to see him get the opportunity in that company. And, and I just, I don't know. I'm just so excited. I'm just, over the moon and I think he's going to do really well there if they continue to bring him back. So, and I, I think they will. I think he, I think he stood out and I'm looking forward. I want to see him in a singles match over there. Definitely. You know, I think, I think, you know, the tag match stuff is good and he's able to show a lot of the stuff, but like, I mean, Jeff's just like really brilliant and like selling and, and a lot of people like kind of talk about his big moves and they're exciting and they're awesome. You know, all the strength stuff, Tour of the Islands is a phenomenal move, one of the coolest moves in wrestling today. But like, just such a good worker, and like his selling really doesn't get appreciated enough. Or I don't think a lot of fans do appreciate kind of stuff. They kind of not like not a big deal to them. But like for us, like I don't know. Like when I watch Jeff, like he's just so realistic in the selling. So I think he'll do fantastic there if 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 he continues to get booked out there, which which I hope so. So. Yeah, because we're we're going to to Long Beach this year, and hopefully he gets to be on that show. Like how how amazing would that be if if you're there as a fan, you know, in the second uh, second Long Beach show for for New Japan, and and in the ring is you know one of your best buds. Like that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hope that happens. I hope I get to witness that. It'd be cool. It'd be so cool. So. Keep them, keep them in mind, each man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you rest up because we got a whole, you know, 360 days until we got to do this whole all-night thing again, man. You need to get your rest. Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> gonna, next year is going to be crazy. <laughs> this year is going to be crazy. So. All right, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on and thanks for chatting, and uh, I will talk to you soon. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate All right, it. For, uh, for my buddy John, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.